Welcome in, everyone. I am with John Hogue, Superflex Dude, and I am James the Brain. We are going to be going over your start sits for some of these games here. And uh, and John, uh, this is going to be fun, man. We haven't uh, we haven't done a start sits together, so I'm I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, I haven't done a start sit yet this season, and uh, I don't remember the last time that I got to sit in the co-pilot chair on uh, any episode. So. Um, yeah, lots of, lots of interesting stuff going on here for an interesting, uh, schedule of games this week too. Yeah, it really is. There's, there's a lot of games that are interesting, but John, before we get into that, I do want to let our listeners know about the, uh, another great podcast and that is the commission impossible podcast, legendary league commissioners, Ryan McDowell and Scott fish explore the ins and outs of running fantasy leagues. They share their vast experience uh, discuss innovative league ideas and formats and help elevate the game to a whole new level. And you can find them at Podbean, Stitcher, and on iTunes. And you can also find them at DynastyWeekFootball.com with the rest of the great DLF family of podcasts. So, John, now that we let everyone know about that, before we get into these start sits, what I'd like to do is I'd like to have you and Ethan kind of break down the injuries for us, if you don't mind. So um, you guys are ready for that. That would be awesome. So we can kind of make some more informed decisions on our start sits here. Yep, yep, let's do it. Along with Ethan Turner, that's at eTurnerFF underscore PT to go through your injuries for the week. I'm at Superflex Dude John Hogue. So, Ethan, we're just going to jump right in with some of the new injuries uh, that just popped up uh, between, from, from week five uh, going into week six here. So the first one, I think, and this is going to be a pretty big one for a lot of people, I think, is David Johnson uh, went out late in the game uh last week and now people are kind of wondering is uh is 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 it david johnson here in week six or uh, are we going to see some chase edmonds so johnson is dealing with back spasms and i think the thing with back spasms specifically is it's one of those things that it can it can show up it can be a day thing um it could be uh something that next day he feels totally fine no issues doesn't really return um, it could be also being caused by some type of underlying condition um, i don't think that's the case here i think I, I think the team is being a little bit cautious with him in practice this week uh, again he only played 70 percent of the snaps on sunday so a little bit down from his normal snap share but uh, i think chase Edmonds showed that that in that limited role, he can be an effective spellback. And I think the team is, is kind of taking a look at David Johnson as, hey, maybe we don't have to push this guy quite, quite as hard as we were. I still think David Johnson's going to get the majority of the work in the red zone. I still think he's going to be the primary pass catcher. But I think Chase Edmonds is going to get worked in a little bit more than, than David Johnson owners would like. Oh, man, that makes things really tough kind of for everybody involved, really. If David Johnson's going to be active – which it sounds like you're saying that he probably will. Yeah, most likely he will play. Yeah, but might not get definitely not the workload that we're expecting, but also sounds like you're saying that Chase Edmonds also is going to uh, to lose some work to David Johnson here. So it's always better when we can get kind of a clear cut uh, running a, a clear cut backfield, but it doesn't sound like that's going to be the case for Arizona. No, but I I would say that if if Johnson does miss time, Chase Edmonds is, is a guy that that is startable this week against an Atlanta team that has not been very good. They're giving up a lot of points right now um, to opposing teams, so 
Chase Edmonds did was was pretty much the only other option uh, for this team. So if, if Johnson does end up being a scratch, um, Chase Edmonds needs to be on your roster. Definitely. All right. So on to Brandon Cooks uh concussion um so he's in the concussion protocol do you see him playing here in week six you know with concussions it's always tough i i would expect him to play um he should be cleared in time um again there's no way for sure for me to know that so you're basically just looking for any kind of news that he's practicing um and that he's cleared concussion protocol but usually um and we'll get into this uh either in this show or the next show. I don't remember exactly, but anyway, we'll get into the concussions again when we talk about Mason Rudolph and, and the concussion protocol is a tricky thing. So um, I will say I expect him to play, um, but don't, don't be surprised if he, if he doesn't clear protocol um, by Saturday, if, if they sit him. So he did have three extra days after playing on the, uh, the Thursday night or last week against Seattle where the concussion occurred. So there's a, there's probably a better chance that he clears um, than a lot of them. But yeah, we've got a lot to talk about as far as that goes. Sterling Shepard's name is also going to come up and that's an interesting one for me. Uh, Chris Herndon though, um, off of the suspension and now dealing with a hamstring injury. Uh, are, are we going to see the debut of Chris Herndon here in week six? Don't expect us to, which is kind of a huge bummer for for someone like me who has him kind of stashed on a few rosters here and there. Uh, Herndon's dealing with a hamstring strain. Very, very common for these guys coming off of a suspension. They get back. They're trying to give it their all to show. Um, his coach even came out and said that they're, they're evaluating him, why they need to evaluate him. Um, it's not like they were getting any production out of their tight end. But anyway, uh, Herndon – he, he's try, he does too much too fast, um, pulls a hamstring, classic injury, um, just one of those things where he hasn't been practicing. You know, I mean, he's I'm sure he's stayed healthy, but as far as um, is being in game shape, it's it's not the same. So, uh, you know, he, he pulls his hamstring, and I, I think it's going to be one that causes him to miss this game and kind of a huge bummer because you're still waiting. I don't think he was – looking back, he probably wasn't a good investment um, in startup drafts, but uh, at this point you kind of just have to hold on to him. Yeah, it feels like it was a good process with bad results because, I mean, he just got targeted so much by Sam Darnold. But, yeah, if uh, if it's going to be a struggle to get on the field, then uh, then we missed that one. So uh, just we'll just get a couple quick updates from you here. So the first one is Cam Newton. We know that he's out here for week six, and then, uh, and then the Panthers get the bye. So I think people are kind of wondering here, is Cam Newton's return imminent? Uh, is there a chance that we see him in week eight coming out of the bye, or uh, are we looking at several more weeks of winter here, Mr. Groundhog? I definitely feel like with Newton, uh, week eight has kind of been the the plan all along for this team. Um, Kyle Allen has played good, not great. Um, uh, Newton's dealing with a Liz Frank injury. These are notorious for being injuries that just don't seem to get better quickly. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him in week eight. He has shed his walking boot, which is a good sign. That means he's on track. That means they're okay with him putting weight through that foot now, uh, which is which is always a good sign um, when you're talking about a bone healing. So uh, I think week eight is still well within the realm of possibility as the earliest we see him. 
but I wouldn't be surprised if it was week nine or 10 before uh, they actually decide to go with him uh, as a starter. And Saquon Barkley. So the Thursday night game is over. Obviously, he didn't play. But this is absolutely ridiculous. He he it looked like he I mean, he was practicing going into week five, uh, obviously missed week five, sat out week six. There's kind of no reason to, to bring him back in against the Patriots when you have absolutely nothing on offense. Um, but I mean, we thought that this high ankle sprain was going to be a multi like a, a month or two. And here we are two weeks later uh, or after two weeks missed. Uh, thinking that there's a possibility that Saquon Barkley comes back it, it, to you. Is that a possibility? Yeah. And I talked about it last week when we first kind of got the news about this high ankle sprain with Barkley. And it, it's one of those things where stars just heal better than other NFL players that for whatever reason, I don't know if it's the approach that they take to, to rehab, obviously Saquon Barkley uh, approaches everything in a, in a very uh, professional way. He is, uh, has always been top notch in terms of his his physical fitness, so I'm not surprised that he he's recovering quicker than the norm. Um, again, uh, I don't expect him. Uh, I nobody expected him to play on Thursday. Um, I, I think that anybody who did is kind of not looking at the big picture, which is it's a Thursday night game. They don't have anything on offense anyway. They're probably going to get crushed. Um, again, we're recording beforehand so we know that he's not going to play but they're most likely getting cr- going to get crushed by by the pats uh, there's no reason for him to be out there uh give him 10 extra days let him heal up um to what is not going to probably be 100 percent, but it's going to be much closer than it would have been had they let him play um and then just go from there all right man <laughs> that's so crazy that that it could be that quick of a turnaround, but like you said, star healing, we're going to make that uh, star healing. That, yeah. I've coined that. Uh, yeah. Stars heal better than other players. You just have to push up. Uh, if you get a range normal players, four to six weeks, expect three, three to four weeks with these stars for whatever reason, they just heal, heal much faster. That's so nuts. Okay. Yeah. We're definitely going to use that one though. We're going to make sure that that becomes a thing. Uh, and speaking of that, we've got a few questionables and, and we can kind of rapid fire these a little bit um, in, in super flex show, super flex, super show form here. We're just going to go red, yellow, green on, uh, on these guys based on whether or not you think they're going to play green light feel it means go ahead and start them. Uh, yellow light means it's probably going to be a game time decision and and maybe have a contingency plan. And red light means you don't expect these players to play and uh, get ready to find a replacement for them. So uh, and again, we've got some pretty big stars in this one. So uh, I'm curious uh, if if it's if the star healing is going to hold up for a few of these guys. So let's start with Christian McCaffrey. So he's dealing with a back injury. He had some cramping um, in week uh, in week five. Um, I, this is a green light for me. I, I, Christian McCaffrey is going to be fine. I think this is just a rest day. Of, I think they even called it a veterans day off. So um, this is just you know yearly maintenance. You're just maintaining these guys, giving them giving them a break on Wednesday of practice. Maybe gets a couple more breaks here and there. Uh, just to keep him fresh on Sundays where it actually matters. How about Chris Godwin? 
Godwin's dealing with a hip injury. He was on the injury report for a couple weeks with this hip injury. Uh, again, this is a green light. Uh, Godwin is playing out of his mind right now. I think he's a top two or three uh, PPR wide receiver right now. So you got to play him, if, and I expect him to play. And Christian Kirk. So Christian Kirk is dealing with an ankle sprain. He actually missed uh, week five. So uh, this is this is a significant sprain. It's uh, They were kind of pegging week six to be the return date. Um, I think this is a yellow light for me. I feel like this is probably going to come down to the wire. could be a very late scratch. Um, hopefully we see some more practice as he gets on, uh, as he went on through the week. Again, we recorded on Wednesday, so we only have one day. Um, and, and that's not really enough to make a great decision. So uh, I'm going to say you're going to need a backup plan, but tentatively um, he should return this week. So this one's not a fantasy, actual fantasy asset, uh, but possibly the best left tackle in the entire league, Tyron Smith of the Dallas Cowboys. So a huge impact on Dak Prescott, which, you know, as a, as a byproduct affects Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup. And then of course, Ezekiel Elliott as well. So uh, Tyron Smith, what, what can we expect there? So Smith is dealing with an ankle sprain as well, so similar to Kirk. Um, he, he also missed time last week. I think he's missed a couple weeks now. Um, but regardless, uh, he's going to be a game-time decision. And uh, while we did talk about star healing, uh, that doesn't always apply to the big boys. Um, big guys just tend to have a harder time uh, recovering from injuries like this. You know, he, he has to use his ankles a lot. And um, I don't think ankle mobility is really talked enough about um, ankle injuries are pretty significant for these offensive linemen. You know, they have to be mobile and they have to be able to take a lot of pressure on those ankles. So um, uh, I don't think that I don't think Smith is going to recover the same way that you would expect somebody that's a little bit lighter to recover. So uh, I'm going to go yellow light. Uh, there's a chance he plays, but he's probably not going to be at 100 percent. How about his teammate Amari Cooper? Uh, Cooper is dealing with kind of an on again, off again ankle injury. He shows up on the injury report every other week. It seems like with some type of ailment, uh, that's not stopping him. He put up uh, arguably the best game of his career last week. So um, this is this is a green light. Uh, you start Amari Cooper when when you can. And Jamal Adams or Jamal Williams, sorry. So Jamal Williams, man, we didn't really talk about this one too much when it happened because uh, it was a Thursday night game. It kind of gets lost in the shuffle again, um, but he, he got hit in the head pretty darn hard. Um, that was a pretty serious concussion. He's still in concussion protocol. I'm going to go red light um, for a variety of reasons. The biggest one is obviously uh, one, it's a very serious injury. Um, but but the other reason is that Aaron Jones played out of his mind last week. I think the team kind of realized, hey, wait a second, we need to stop playing around with these two. Uh, I'm going to go red light with Williams. I don't expect him to play, but even if he does, I don't think he's startable. Nice. So that one, I, I'm just a little bit curious. So it's a late hit, uh, helmet to helmet by Derek Barnett, um, and he's been listed with a head and neck injury. Is it is it just a concussion or is there – stuff going on in the the neck and back as well 
there's no way to know for sure. Um, with a hit like that, the way that his neck was turned, the way he got hit, you're always concerned about a neck injury. That's part of the reason why, um, again, and we'll talk about this on tomorrow's show, but uh, the Mason the Mason Rudolph cart scandal uh, was such a big thing because you, there's no way to know on the field if there isn't a neck, uh, some type of neck involvement with these kinds of hits. So um, with Williams, very well could be dealing with some type of neck pain, almost like a whiplash effect um in the neck and i think they listed both because it's probably one or the other it kind of covers them both ways all right we'll get back to uh to the red and green here but yeah i've just been kind of curious about that one personally um but his teammate Devontae adams adams is dealing with turf toe and this is this is notorious for being something that just does not get better very quickly and so uh, i'm gonna say it's gonna be a, a, a red light again i don't expect adams to play this week um i think they're gonna give him even more time I, I, what you don't want is a, an aj green situation where you push him back push him back uh too soon and then he he injures it worse ends up needing surgery is out for the year so that's what happened with green last year we do not want that to happen with adams this year so i I think they're going to be cautious with him. Um, expect him to be out another week. That's a red light. And final one, TJ Hawkinson. Hawkinson, he kind of got upended onto his head. He's in concussion protocol. Again, similar to Williams when we're talking about concussions and neck injuries kind of go hand in hand. Um, uh, Hawkinson, I do not expect to play. I'm going to say red light. I don't I don't think he's coming back this week, even off the bye. Um, the team came out and said afterwards that they were debating an IR designation for him. Uh, that's kind of a scary thought. The, the, thought, the, the idea being that it, it was so bad that they had to consider if they were going to lose him for eight weeks, if that was reasonable. Um, they chose not to do that, which is good. But, uh, again, I think this is a red light. I don't expect him back. I think what they told us with that was, hey, this is pretty serious. Expect a four-week kind of minimum uh, return for Hawkinson. There you have it. There's your start sits for half of your start sits. Anyways, we'll be back with the other half tomorrow, but uh, that's Ethan Turner and make sure you're following him on, on Twitter at E Turner FF underscore PT uh, so that he can keep you updated as all those game time decisions come in. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll get back at it tomorrow with, uh, with the other half. Beautiful. You guys are awesome. Okay. So now that we got that all out of the way and we kind of know, kind of have an overview for the injuries of the games that we're going to be covering here today, John, why don't you start us out? You have the Panthers and the Bucks in Tampa Bay. This is an interesting one. This could be a high scoring game. So there could be some fantasy relevant players. Who are your green, white, yellow, white, and red whites on this one? Yeah. And the first thing for everybody to remember is this is, uh, so first of all, this game's in London. Uh, sometimes offense doesn't travel real well across the pond, but uh, we've, we've seen a steady improvement as far as that goes. But the big thing for fantasy players to remember is this is a nine 30 AM Eastern time start. So you're going to want to set alarm clocks, especially if you're in the mountain time zone, like I am, we're going to have to be up by, by 7.00 AM just to make sure that there aren't any late, uh, scratches, uh, you know, late injuries. Um, there shouldn't really be anyone. Uh, that we're too worried about here. Christian McCaffrey is listed as questionable, but like Ethan said, he's likely to play. Um, but still, you're going to want to get up early and uh, and just make sure that everybody's in before that game kicks off. But so, um, green light, 
Kyle Allen, Tampa Bay's allowing an average of 375 yards passing and two touchdowns since week one. Every single game since week one, that's their average. It's a tough matchup for, for Christian McCaffrey, and his usage could go down after 25 total touches last week and backspasm it at the end of the game. Uh, you can't even think about benching him right now, though. He's the MVP of the league as it stands today. And then Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore both get green lights as well. Must starts in their four, in the fourth best fantasy matchup for wide receivers. And then I'm going to green light Chris Godwin. The Panthers are going to force Tampa Bay to throw and chase points. And they have no way of stopping slot receivers. Yellow lights. Jameis Winston, he managed just 208 yards in a score in week two against the ninth best defense at stopping quarterbacks. The best way for the the best way to move the ball against Carolina is going to be on the ground. They have allowed a rushing touchdown in four or five games, and uh, so Ronald Jones is in for a positive touchdown regression to go along with his increased workload. Uh, Mike Evans draws James Bradbury. Uh, it's almost a red light at this point in their three meetings uh, in their respective careers. Evans has never gotten more than four catches or 41 yards and has not scored a touchdown in James Bradbury's coverage. It, it was really tempting to make Mike Evans a red light just based on that total domination by Bradbury, but we'll make him a yellow light here. Greg Olson could get in on this too. Uh, it's against the second worst defense against tight ends, but it's really hard to project McCaffrey, uh, Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore and Greg Olson all all to take care take advantage of this mass matchup with Kyle Allen at quarterback even as great as it is so we're just going to give a red uh, yellow light here to Greg Olson uh, Reggie Bonifon we talked about him at the beginning of the week on our SOPs episode and there's a good chance here that first of all he, so he got in the end zone last week in relief of McCaffrey. Uh, with McCaffrey battling those back issues, look for Bonifon to get some goal line work and an uptick in usage just in general. So a yellow light, but a, a very sneaky flex type start here with a good chance to score. And then the red lights, Peyton Barber just on game script is it bu the Bucks chase points. You're going to see Ronald Jones on the field a lot more. Red light OJ Howard and Cameron Brayton, in a bad matchup in an offense where they don't get nearly enough volume between them, much less individually. Sorry, John, I like all that. I, I think all that is right on. Um, there's a lot of red lights and green lights or uh, green lights and yellow lights here. And I think that's the way it should be in a game that we expect to be some points. I like you cautioning a little bit of, of you know, temper your expectations a little bit with this game being in London. Uh, the offense, like you said, normally doesn't travel. There's some weird stuff that happens in some of these London games, so it's hard to predict these games as easy as they seem sometimes to predict. So I, I like a lot of that. I especially like the fact that Rojo's a yellow light and Barber's a red light because you know how I feel about those two players. So, <laughs> And so I that. agree with you too. So, that yeah, there's a, there's a little bit of bias slant in that one, but uh, I, I, that's also just the way this has been trending. I mean, Rojo just taking on more and more of a workload. So, um, and I think that the game script is going to favor him here. Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree with all that. So the next, next game, John, that we have, that I'm going to move along to is, uh, the game I have is the Vikings are in Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. And this one to me is very interesting because, uh, both these teams, 
um, seem to be seem to have strengths in different areas. So um, going over this one, I, I really felt my green light is Kirk Cousins. And look, Kirk Cousins has not had a very good year, right? But he is coming off his first 300-yard uh, passing game this season. Um, he looked a whole lot better this last game against a, a Giants defense that isn't very good against the pass. And guess what? The Eagles defense isn't very good against the pass either. They're very susceptible to yards through the air. And so I think that this is the type of game that you can see Kirk Cousins again kind of excel at uh, putting the ball in the air. I think the Eagles offense is good enough to score some points on the Vikings defense as well. So I think uh, I think the game script's going to call for them to pass a little bit more than it normally does in a game that they're favored in. Um, and this one is, I'm sorry, in Minnesota. So they are favored in this one. Um, so my green light, though, is Kirk Cousins. Um, that's even more of a green light being that he's playing at home. So, um, And that's where I would start. I would start by saying if you have Kirk Cousins, you can start him again this week with confidence. I really like his matchup here. My yellow light is Carson Wentz. But Carson Wentz has been pretty good this year. He really has been. He's playing a tough Minnesota defense, though. His defense is very good against the pass. Um, they're, they're really pretty good against everything. But, uh, you know, with Carson Wentz and the amount of uh, attempts that he's getting and the way he's running that offense, I still expect that he's going to have um, he's going to have a good game. He's going to be usable fantasy-wise. He's not going to put up superstar numbers. I think I think I'd start Cousins over Wentz, and this would probably be the first time all year I would say that I would do that. But I think in this matchup, I would. Um, I do like Wentz, though. I still think that he's going to be usable fantasy-wise. I think you can roll him out there and expect him to be a QB2. I just wouldn't expect QB1 numbers. Um, I do think that he's going to have a nice connection with Zach Ertz. Uh, you know, if you're going to hurt the Vikings, you're going to do it uh, up the middle and with uh you know, with tight ends uh, down the hash. So I, I think that could be a nice combination and uh, Carson Wentz could be usable here. So for the two quarterbacks, one's a uh, green light, one's a yellow light. My red light is Nelson Aguilar. And look, he's been getting phased out of this offense pretty steadily ever since Alshon Jeffrey came back. It looks like Deshaun Jackson won't be back this week, but we might start seeing him next week. Um, it, it looks pretty pretty likely that he's going to be coming back in the next, uh, next week or two here. And Nelson Aguilar just has been getting phased out anyhow of this offense i think once that deshaun jackson uh you know once he comes back i don't think you're going to see nelson aguilar and his snap percentage is going to go way down so uh, i don't know that they trust him in philadelphia i think we've seen kind of why um his hands are suspect at times he seems to have concentration laps at the worst possible time so uh, to me this is a guy that i would sit and i don't even know uh unless it's a deeper league I'm, I, I don't even know that i'm rostering him at this point so nelson aguilar is my red white here yeah, that it's also it can be a pretty tough matchup, especially if uh, slot corner Mackenzie Alexander makes his return, which it looks like he probably will. Uh, it's going to be a pretty tough matchup for Aguilar. The guy I'm kind of curious about in this game is going to be Stefan Diggs, uh, where we on the on the get right tour that started last week with Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen. I wonder if it's uh, Diggs's turn to to get involved a little bit more in the offense. Yeah, that and that that's a good question, John. I, I'm wondering the same thing myself. I could see it going one of two ways. I could see this being the Adam Thielen show from here on out. Adam Thielen, uh, you know, was publicly um, critical of Kirk Cousins, but he didn't miss any practice time. Um, he didn't cause any drama as far as that goes. Cousins publicly publicly apologized to Thielen and then went on. I, I think he kind of respected the way Thielen handled the situation. I don't know if that's the case with the way Diggs handled the, the situation. So I'm not sure if this is, hey, look, I got I got on, you know, I 
Adam had a nice game. Adam Thielen had a nice game. So now we can move on to Diggs and, and try to get him involved in this one. Or if this is going to be a, hey, look, you didn't handle this situation correctly. I, I like the way Adam Thielen did. So he's going to get fed the ball, and you're going to be kind of in uh, wide receiver purgatory for the next few weeks here. So uh, it will be interesting to see their roles and to see how this works out. Um, I, it's it's a wait-and-see approach for me. It really is. It's tough to, to roll digs out there with any confidence, but with the bye weeks, if you don't have better options, I think a lot of us are still rolling them out there, at least in our flex position, to uh, to to see if you know see if we can capture that, if, if, we, if he can have that one big game, you know? Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, four teams on bye, plus some pretty tough matchups, and I'm actually going to talk about one here with the 49ers at the Rams. The 49ers have arguably the best defense in the league right now, I, at least when it comes to stopping the pass. Uh, they're also, I mean, they're they're actually the best against running backs, but uh, they're third best against quarterbacks. Uh, they're 10th best against wide receivers and they're second best against tight ends. So there's just kind of no real great way to move the ball on the 49ers. And uh, so, it, you know, it, you 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 almost kind of take some of those wide receivers out of contention as well, out of consideration, which makes Stefan Diggs a little bit uh, more interesting. But just to get into this matchup, though, I only have two green lights in this one. As explosive as that Rams offense is, the only guy, uh, I only have one Ram getting a, a green light. But I'm going to start with George Kittle. He gets a green light and a nice matchup. Uh, the Rams are 15th best, uh, the 15th best matchup for fantasy tight ends. Um, and then Cooper cup is the other guys, three straight games over a hundred yards receiving. He's out of his mind right now. He's going against the weakest link in that 49ers defense, which is the ability to defend the slot receivers. I think you can start Cooper cup with full confidence. Everyone else is going to either be a yellow or red light though. Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, yellow light. He's yet to throw for 300 yards. He's thrown multiple touchdowns in just two out of four games. He he really just hasn't needed to throw with a defense and a running game carrying that team. We'll see if the Rams can finally force him into a shootout and see how he responds. Uh, but temper expectations in a super flex. I think he's still startable, uh, but he's uh, he's going to be kind of a mid-level quarterback too for me. Um, I'm also yellow lighting Jared Goff, though. And if there weren't four quarterbacks, four fantasy relevant quarterbacks on by this week, I would strongly consider giving Jared Goff a red light. The combo of the pass rush and the coverage makes Sam Fran the third worst matchup for quarterbacks. And Goff's touchdown to interception ratio right now is one to one, seven of each. He's startable because he's going to, he's probably going to have to throw a lot yet again. Uh, but it is a very tough matchup. And if there was a way to do it, I would I would put him on the bench, to be totally honest with you. Matt Breda almost gets a green light here after 129 total yards and two touchdowns on Monday night against Cleveland. But Tevin Coleman got actually more touches and was equally effective. So yellow lights on both of them in a very good matchup, only because they're going to split the workload. Yellow light on Todd Gurley, assuming he plays. Um, sounds like uh, it might be a true game time decision with him, uh, but he's going to need to score to be relevant either way, since volume won't really be available to him in this game script. And who knows which running back is going to serve as a goal line back this week. So just a, a very cautious yellow light on Todd Gurley. 
Yellow light on Robert Woods as well, who's going to see a lot of Richard Sherman. If a 49ers receiver were to get significant volume, I think it's going to be Dante Pettis. So we'll give him a yellow light. Above average matchup for wide receivers, but not enough volume for anyone to be dependable. Yellow light for Gerald Everett. Even though the 49ers are second best against tight ends, uh, the pass rush will likely force Goff to throw quick on shorter routes. And Everett saw 11 targets last week as Goff leans on him more and more. And then red light, Brandon Cooks coming out of the concussion protocol and right into a miserable matchup uh, where he's going to see a lot of bracket coverage involving Jimmy Ward. And then uh, red light, Debo Samuel and Marquise Goodwin, um, who would need a long score to make their fantasy day since there certainly won't be any volume for either of those two guys. That's awesome. You went, you went in a lot of depth there. There's a lot of green and yellow lights, kind of like we would expect in this matchup. Uh, both these teams, uh, you know, are, the Rams, at least defensively, have not been good, um, especially against the pass. So it, it's interesting to see kind of what you were going to do with guys like Garoppolo, who really, you know, like you said, I think you stated hasn't thrown for 300 passing yards yet this season. You don't expect prolific numbers. However, this Rams defense has been letting up. Uh, passing yards like a sieve, so it was interesting to kind of hear how we should kind of kind of go about um, approaching players like that. Um, so really interesting, John. And before I get into the next matchup, I would like to let everybody know about our sponsor, the FF Mercenaries. Look, a goal without a plan is just a wish. So stop wishing and start planning for your fantasy championship with the FF Mercenaries. Fantasy football mercenaries love it when a plan comes together, and this is an A-team of fantasy football minds, and they're here to help you map out your path to fantasy glory. Whether you're looking for draft strategy during and throughout your draft, dynasty roster consultations, in-season support, alternate scoring navigation, or DFS expertise, the Mercs are there to help you develop and execute the strategy that will help you destroy your league. So sign up now for your one-on-one consultation with a strategic specialist for your unique and specific needs. Visit ffmercs.com, that's F-F-M-E-R-C-S.com, and use the promo code SUPERFLEXSHOW, all one word, for 10% off your first consultation. That promo code, again, is SUPERFLEXSHOW at ffmercs.com, where winning is the only option. All right, so John... My next game that I'm going to get into here is an interesting one. I have the Atlanta Falcons going to Arizona to take on the Arizona Cardinals. The over-under is pretty high here. There's a lot of points expected to be scored. Uh, My green light is, I'm going to give you two. I'm going to give you Matt Ryan, and I'm going to give you Austin Hooper. Um, Both of them for the Atlanta Falcons. Look, the Cardinals are terrible against the tight end. Last week, they didn't really get hurt by the tight end too much. They played Cincinnati. Tyler Eifert didn't have much of a game. But I do not expect, I, I don't know that that was more than, anything more than them playing a team that's really been struggling offensively in the Cincinnati Bengals. And uh, they had a hard time to anybody for a majority of that game. So to me, uh, Matt Ryan and Austin Hooper is a combo that if you have it, you fire it up this week. Matt Ryan has been throwing for a ton of yards. That defense has been terrible. He's been having to throw the ball an awful lot this, this year. Um, they're on the road here in Arizona. So I think he's still going to throw the ball. They've been having success doing that and putting it in the air. It's really the defense that has let them down more times than not. And Austin Hooper, it, look, the Arizona has struggled against tight ends. Austin Hooper has been great on the year. Um, so I expect that to continue. I think this is a prime matchup for Austin Hooper and for Matt Ryan to both uh, score a, a, a 
boatload of points here. My yellow lights, I'll give you three. Kelvin Ridley is my first yellow light. Um, I think he's going to have a nice game, but because Austin Hooper has such a good matchup here, I think Kelvin Ridley might take a little bit of a backseat. Um, to Cal, uh, to Austin Hooper, I think he's going to be the primary on a lot of these reads here, especially with you know just the matchup, the way it plays out. I'm also going to give a yellow light to Larry Fitzgerald. Um, this is a, a good wide receiver. I expect him that it's a good matchup for him too. And Atlanta, again, has not been great against the pass. Here's my only problem with this, and I'm going to give you my last yellow was Kyler Murray. And the reason why I'm giving these guys yellow lights is we are already hearing that Dan Quinn may be on the hot seat. I mean, they're they're starting to ask whether or not Dan Quinn's job is safe at press conferences uh, there in, uh, in Atlanta. And so Dan Quinn, being a defensive-minded coach, I expect him to fix this defense. And this is an offense in Arizona's that has struggled for a majority of the year. You have a rookie quarterback. There are things you can do to confuse a younger quarterback, looks that you can give them. I think Dan Quinn is really going to take this game and show that, hey, uh, the defense, I can fix it. I can fix it, guys. So um, it's just that, it, to me, you know, with him being called out in the press uh, last last week and for, uh, for you know, uh, Arthur Blank to kind of have to answer questions about uh, – coach I think the writing's on the wall Dan Quinn knows he's got to win now he has to fix his defense he has to show it and he has to show it quick it's a good matchup for it so for me I'm just saying temper expectations with a rookie quarterback coming off his first NFL career win um I, I think this could be a little bit of a letdown spot where you're expecting big things so that's why those guys are my yellow lights my red white is Chase Edmonds and look Daniel Jones or uh, I'm sorry Daniel Jones that's who I think of when I think of DJ now. I know David Johnson. <laughs> DJ. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know David Johnson uh, is having some back back issues. Uh, had his back seized up a little bit, and he might miss the game. And if he, even if he doesn't, he might not be a hundred percent. Either way, I again. I don't think Arizona is going to be in a position to run the ball very often. I think they're going to have to throw it. Um, I don't know that Chase Edmonds is going to be a big enough part of the passing game to make a difference. Um, so for me, he's a red-white this week. I still think he's a good add um, on the waiver wire because I think back injuries for a running back are scary. And if Arizona's smart, this is going to be something that for the next, for you know multiple weeks, they're going to want to limit his carries and maybe you know, consider this a 70, 30 timeshare, maybe even greater if the back hurts that much. So um, I still think this is a good add expectations this week with them, John. Yeah, that sounds about right. Matt Ryan, by the way, I, I, this is my first week doing uh full rankings and Matt Ryan is my number two quarterback. So I love that green light. It's a, just such, such a juicy matchup for that Atlanta passing attack. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. The uh, let's see, the Cowboys are at the Jets and uh, Sam Darnold making his return. Most of the green lights, though, are going to be on the Dallas side of this. So Dallas is uh, the 27th best matchup against quarterbacks. Um, they're they're only 10th against running backs. So there's there's an angle here where you can run on the Cowboys, but they're 30th against wide receivers, 11th against tight ends. So uh, tight ends can exploit them. And the running back position can definitely exploit them. The Jets, on the other hand, 20th against quarterbacks, 19th against running backs, only 12th against wide receivers, and then 26th against tight ends. So green lights for the primary Cowboys weapons. Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup. Good matchups all around and uh, far easier than what they dealt with last week versus Green Bay, uh, where they all had pretty nice games. 
Le'Veon Bell also gets a green light for me, though. The Cowboys are great at stopping the pass and horrible at stopping the run. Uh, Darnold's first game back and first healthy game of this entire season probably means a ton of volume for Bell as they ease Darnold back in. Um, Darnold's going to get a yellow light uh, because almost all quarterbacks do this week uh, with only 28 of them available. It's a tough matchup. And there's a chance for some garbage time when the Cowboys go up big and possibly let up on defense late. So we can give him a yellow light still. Jamison Crowder is the only other wide receiver getting a yellow light uh, on just on assured volume. Last time we saw Darnold in week one, he targeted Jamison Crowder 17 times. In his first game back from mono, we aren't expecting a lot of air yards, which means another big volume day for Jamison Crowder. Based on game script, I think we can also give uh, we can give tight end Ryan Griffin actually and pass catching back Ty Montgomery. Give them both yellow lights. Those are sneaky plug and play guys for you um, because they satisfy that need for a safety valve and attack the the biggest weakness of the Dallas defense. They're the tenth best matchup for fantasy running backs and eleventh best for fantasy wide receivers or tight ends, I'm sorry, and uh, Ryan Griffin. So Chris Herndon's going to miss this game for sure. Um, so Ryan Griffin right now is their primary tight end. I think that he's a very sneaky start this week. Yellow light for Randall Cobb as well. He still managed six targets last week, even with Cooper and Gallup each getting 14. Uh, but Cobb can get to double-digit fantasy points against a bad Jet secondary, so he's startable if you need him in a pinch, um, but definitely have to temper expectations on that one. And then red lights on the rest of the Jets wide receivers, meaning Robbie Anderson and Demarius Thomas. Bad matchup against a third-best defense at stopping wide receivers, particularly those perimeter wide receivers. Red light on Jason Witten, who's getting exactly four targets per week and hasn't scored since week two. So the thing the Jets defense does the best is defend against tight ends. So turning those four whole targets into fantasy points is going to be very tricky. Red light on Jason Witten. Yeah, again, John, I agree with all that. I think that's that's all right on. Um, I love I love having Wavy on Bell as a green light. Um, it was something I kind of felt too, and I I didn't know how the rest of the community was going to approach it. But like you said, I think volume is king. With Bell since he's been with the Jets, but I think volume could be even higher this week as you want to keep that opposing offense off the field. And like you said, with Darnold just coming back, easing him in slow, I think Le'Veon Bell is going to see a whole lot of touches here um, as well. So I really like that green line. I like a lot of these plays here, though. I think you're about right on reading this game. Um, I'm going to go to the last game that we have, though, John, and that is the Lions and the Packers. The Lions traveling to Green Bay to take on the Green Bay Packers. My green light, I'm going to give you two names. They're both running backs. Aaron Jones is going to be the first name I'm going to give you. Um, I mean, the guy is, is you know, just coming off a four-touchdown performance. He gets the Detroit Lions. Look, last year Detroit helped fix their run defense, but this year so far it has not been good. Um, they've given up six total touchdowns to running backs. That's Aaron Jones' specialty early in the season is running back. So I think that's going to continue. I think Aaron Jones is going to find the end zone, and I think we can uh, expect to see him have a very nice game here against a suspect Detroit running defense. My next running back here for a green light is on Johnson. And, you know, if you're going to beat Green Bay. We've saw we, – we've seen on the ground. Um, you know, they there's – 
we saw the, in, in their one loss on Thursday night against the Eagles, Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders both had an excellent game against them, and that's because they were they were unable to stop the running game consistently. If you can consistently run the ball against this team, you're going to have success. I think Carryon Johnson and the Detroit Lions will be able to do that. So I, I, I'm back to fire them up because I think they're both going to have very nice weeks this week. My yellow lights is going to be both quarterbacks. That's right, Matthew Stafford and Aaron Rodgers. Matthew Stafford, I'll start with, look, like I said, the way to beat the Packers is by keeping the ball. Both teams are going to do that for the most part. Uh, Matthew Stafford has had his moments where he's been very good this year. I would I would expect that to kind of temper off here. Uh, Arizona's pass defense is really good. Their pass rush is great. They're getting good pressure on the quarterback, and I just think if Matthew Stafford is going to throw the ball, it's going to be a lot of quick passes. They're not going to be able to get down the field with guns like they like to do. So to me, this is a yellow-white for Matthew Stafford. You can start him, but I would uh, temper expectations. And then Aaron Rodgers, look, this offense is different. We've seen it, John. This offense is relying on Aaron Jones. They're relying on the short pass. They're relying on the defense. And that's great because that's going to keep Aaron Rodgers upright. He's going to take less hits. It's going to be less stress. And I, I think this is going to prolong his career in the long run. However, for fantasy numbers, it, it's not great because I, I think uh, we're starting to see that the, the new norm for Aaron Rodgers is about 200 to 250 passing yards and maybe a touchdown a game. I expect that that's going to go up as the season goes on, but I don't know how much. This isn't a matchup where I expect to see that. Um, again, I think the run game is going to be prevalent and used very often to where I don't know they're going to need to use Rodgers and have him throw for over 300 yards in this one. My red light is Jimmy Graham, and the reason why Jimmy Graham is my red white is because, A, I do feel like when they get down to the red zone, Aaron Jones has shown that he has a nose for that. He can get the ball in the end zone, um, you know, four touchdowns last week again, and he's he's really he's, he's really looked good in the red zone even before last week. He's done a very good job of getting the ball in the end zone when he's had the opportunity. I don't see why they would discontinue that. I think Jimmy Graham is a touchdown-dependent type of tight end, and I don't see those opportunities coming very often while Aaron Jones is continuing to show that he can get the ball in from in close. So to me, that's my red, white, John. Is there anything else that you want to add to that game? No, that sounds about right to me. So uh, four more touchdowns coming for Aaron Jones, right? I don't know about four, <laughs> but I think, I think we'd all be happy with two, right? I think, I we'll think you can expect two. one or two for sure. Yeah, we'll take two. Well, even one is, is fine at this point. He, he did everything he needed to do last week. So yeah, let's, uh, let's start to, evenly disperse those touchdowns from week to week instead of doing it all at once. That uh, That's, I think, what we really want here. So, Unless he can just keep getting two to three to four every week, right? Then but, uh, we'll, yeah, I mean, we'll take it, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I guess we could deal with four every single week. If it, Only if he's going to do it every week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm fine with him being a total outlier to any other stat <laughs> that would say that this is impossible. Um, I'm, I'm okay with that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, set the all-time touchdown record, like by like double it, and uh, yeah, yeah, we're good. All right, John, is there anything else that you have before we wrap up uh, tonight's episode here? No, man, I think we crushed it. Um, I'd uh, I'd love to see Stompy do better than that. So uh, uh, we'll tune in to the next one with uh, you and Stomp and uh, and see uh, see who ends up being more accurate because I think I got him beat. 
Yeah, yeah, he's got his work cut out for him. I think it's going to be a tough competition here, but I'm I'm going to be monitoring it. I'm going to compete against myself and see if my <laughs> rankings with you, with you are better. My start sits are better with you than they are with Stompy or vice versa. So, um, but all right. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in. And be sure to tune in next time as we go over the second part of the start sits that will be uh, coming out here. So uh, until next time, stay sexy and super flexy.